In this week's episode, local attorney at law Benjamin Ha breaks down the ins and outs of getting a will, how it applies to you, and what to do to help protect your family. You'll be enamored by his infectious energy, great stories, and helpful advice. Let's get on with the show. This is the What's Brewing ATX podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Austin, Texas. Hear from some of the top local business owners and those making a big impact in our community. From tips on the food and beverage scene to developments in the Austin real estate market, we've got you covered. And of course, we feature a local beer, wine, or spirit each week so you can get your little taste of what Austin has to offer. And today... We've got a little mighty swell. A modge podge. And and modge podge. What do you got over there, Ben? Got some East Side cider. Some Austin watermelon. Austin East Ciders. Wow. Yeah. He's got the watermelon flavor. Which one? Watermelon. The original. Original. Yeah, and then you're drinking. I need to remind well. myself what this tastes like. Let's do it. Uh, this is a new one for Happy me. Happy Thursday, so. Friday, guys. Cheers, Cheers gentlemen. Cheers, guys. Oh yeah. These are leftovers from from our last podcast. Oh. Need to drink. Man, that's good. Not bad. That's real good. Mm. Original ones. Three grams of carbs. 100 calories. Yeah, this is um, mm. this is going to put my sugar intake over the hill today. That's what's for your, sure. What's your sugar? What's 14 the sugar grams of sugar in this can. This, might as well drink a soda. Huh? Ooh, mine's nine grams. 14 <laughs> grams of sugar. Holy uh, It's like Kool-Aid. This tastes like a Jolly Rancher. Yeah. Oh, this is... Um, Yum. Oh, that is included. Because... Look. We had a guy actually on our podcast once. We'll eventually get to our podcast, but we had one on our <laughs> podcast talking about how to make cider. It's super yeah, cool. Really? It's oh, apples and yeah. all the variations of apples that are endless. Right. So much so, science. Yeah. That was, uh, his name was Benjamin Weaver. It was. Benjamin Weaver. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Benjamins get around, man. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk huh. to yeah, let's get it this going. Ben. Yeah. Welcome. 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 Thanks for Thank having you. me, guys. Yeah. This is fired up. It's yeah. been a long time coming. It has. It has. Um, yeah. Well, wait. A little backstory here. I got to tell you, Jonathan. Okay. You know, probably, yes. So I I actually met Ben through my my real estate calls because his dad was doing something, and I, I called him up to, to get some more info on some kind of land or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, dude, we just stayed in touch for probably three, three years, three now, or four yeah. years. It's the first like time that. we're meeting in real life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's great. Um, let, let, let's kick it off. Tell us your story. What, what you got going on, man? Yeah. So, so, um, <laughs> so uh, name is Benjamin Ha. Yeah. In case everyone doesn't know, uh, I'm a real estate attorney here in Austin, Texas. Uh, interestingly enough, I uh, had no desires to be a real estate attorney um, or even an attorney from the get-go. It's wow. just kind of like you know, I'm an Asian Asian household, so you're kind of born into being either a doctor or an engineer mm. or a lawyer. Mm. So. Uh, Ideally, originally I wanted to be like a chef of some sort, but you know, parents weren't having that. So <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. So so I Fair. got I got a little strong armed into uh, pursuing a legal career. It it worked out obviously. Um, so graduated law uh, graduated law school, became a lawyer, moved back to Houston, which is where I'm originally from. Oh, and um, I didn't really know what kind of law I wanted to practice at first. So uh, my parents were originally recommended that I dip my toes into immigration law. Mm. So that's how I started. Did the immigration law side of things, which was very uh, very good for me as a in terms of practicing. Which law school? Uh, St. Mary's Law School in San Antonio. San Antonio, and then yes, then Houston yeah. to go practice. To Got go it. practice. Okay. And yeah. uh, 
What part of Houston are you from originally? Uh, so, so A-Leaf, huh. SWAT, Southwest A-Leaf, Texas. Okay. <laughs> wow, SWAT. That's SWAT. pretty cool. Yeah, that, that's, that's what... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The people in the area will, call, will know it. So. What's your nickname? Um, For your area. Northside, baby. Oh, Northside? The Northside. <laughs> oh, Northside. Are you from Houston? Northside. <laughs> okay. I was originally from, from like Aldine areas where I kind of grew up, and then I moved to Cyprus, you know, Memorial Cyprus is a nice area. area. But was that before Katie Mills popped up? Um, it was early on, so okay. yeah, it was. Well, it was right around that time. So got it. Uh, and then I've kind of have I have family all over Houston, so yeah, it's always too. interesting to hear where people because a lot the, of people the, aren't actually. It's like Sugarland or you know, right? Different mm. different parts that because it's huge. Really, it's so big. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. The food is great though. That's that's one thing that I do miss mm. having moved here. Yeah, yeah. um the, the food's catching up here in Austin. There's no doubt about it. But just, see, it's funny because if you ask Austin people, they're like, the "Food's great here." It's just there's some more like authentic, um, I guess cultural. Yeah, you have, you have cultural oh. sectors in in Houston. Like there's there's a mm. basically there's a Korean area, there's a Chinatown, Vietnamese. Like the in Houston, there's actually uh, the Vietnamese Chinatown. Um, the signs will actually have uh, their English and then a Chinese and yeah. then Vietnamese signs all on the same all for the same street. Wow. Right. So wow. That's uh, legit. Yeah, we don't have that over here. <laughs> yeah, here it's just a food truck yeah. of whatever it is, yeah. which is awesome. A lot of fusions too here. A lot of fusions. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. so Houston has that as well. So okay. um, like good example is crawfish, which is my favorite mm. to eat. And so uh, basically what is after Katrina, all a bunch of people got yes, pushed sir. from New, New Orleans over into Houston. Whoa. So they brought that, that Cajun background and then uh, – if you really think about it, Vietnam, French ancestry, uh, Cajun Creole, French ancestry. So both of them just automatically melded back together. Mm. So uh, around that time, basically, a lot of Vietnamese people um, started incorporating um, Cajun techniques into wow. um, Vietnamese cooking. And so that's where you get Vietnamese-style crawfish and other other things like Are that. Are you I serious, to be a chef. Let me ask yeah, you. Yeah, look at this. <laughs> look at this guy. Do you dabble still? Wow. Oh, no, of course. This, okay. this is how yeah. I relax. So I go home oh, and... and uh, so cooking is is uh, what's the love, love, one of the love languages love people. Have. So that's yeah. how you know I, I cook for my friends and families. Just love that. something oh. something that I really enjoy. So that was something my parents really uh, said. You can always cook later. You know, just just focus on a skill, and you can always come back and cook. And and you know, mm. don't want to tell. Don't hopefully they won't listen to this and say they were right. But mm. <laughs> but they were right. You know, just uh, mm. I pursued something that grounded me in a way that allowed me the opportunity to do the things that I really love. And so that's, uh, you know, I'm grateful for that. That's for awesome. Sure. So then yeah. so yeah. you start with immigration, then you turn. How so, uh, oh. Thank you. So, so what happened is, um, I, I realized that immigration, it's a little too emotionally, uh, draining for me. So then I, then I went to the opposite Get side and that. then I would, uh, went into tax law for, for the money. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then, uh, so they did that for a couple of years. And then, uh, you, I realized at some point that I was, no matter how much money a person paid me, it was not enough for me to, do that anymore because I was I was punching out like 60 80 week out um, 80 hour weeks yeah. and it's just extremely exhausting so I, I have what I would call a um, mid lawyer crisis <laughs> in my, yeah. in my sure. 34th year of being a lawyer and so at that point I basically um, I had a little nest egg saved up I essentially just liquidated all that instead of buying a house had a that I originally intended to I just used that money to travel Nice. And uh, so during my travels, I uh, uh, spent a little time in Colombia, which was great. I came back because my sister was supposed to move to Singapore. So I came back because I didn't know when I would see her again. So I mm. said bye to her. 
then uh, convinced my dad to go on a father-son trip through parts of Europe. And it, it, was, it was a great time. Also wow. realized that I can't travel with yeah. my dad at all. So <laughs> one, of those little, one of those little tidbits that you okay. learn in life. Yeah. Uh, sure. but, but at that time is when I realized that I was living in the wrong city. And that, that's when I realized, oh, well, I don't really want to take another bar exam because that's a three-day gauntlet that no mm. one should take if they're not ready for it. Right. Um, so I was like, what other city in Houston or in Texas can I live in mm. that I can use my law license? Well, Austin was just – Boom. It made sense. And then I just realized, well, my personality is very Austin-centric anyways. Like if, if there's a personality that, that Austin people gravitate towards or, or you, know, how, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I just – Came back here and it was it was just naturally just fit like a glove. It was just I was home right away. It just felt right. I've never regretted moving here at all. It's, yeah. it's like, yeah. I don't yeah. like I don't have any intention of moving anywhere. But like if I have to live any place in Texas, uh, I'd rather just leave the state. It's because right, right. because Austin's the only place that I would be comfortable living in. It's a good uh, fit. It's a great fit. Yeah. Uh, so that's when I got here. Um, originally, I had um, uh, was doing some more freelance type type stuff. Uh, dabbled back in immigration and then um, uh, Ben Williams who I work with as well he's a he's board certified real estate attorney um, I had started um, him and I had gone to law school together and I had basically reached out to him to kind of get an idea of how to break into real estate mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. and he just uh, over a period of time he uh, he just decided uh, you look like you're really serious about this um, I'm willing to take you under my wing but you got to start over I'm gonna I'm gonna treat you like a like a rookie and so, you know, I just took the gamble. I was like, you know what? I'm going to reset my life. I came here to reset my life, start over. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made because from there is uh, where I really realized I love real estate just in general. Yeah. And then um, one thing that he really showed me is that uh, estate planning and real estate go hand in hand because yeah. you're dealing with, like, possessions, property. People have things that they, um, they uh, earn over life and – and so if you don't know at least a little bit about estate planning, you don't know anything about real estate is, is basically the way he wow. educated me. So he's been one of the best mentors that I've ever uh, been fortunate to ha fortunate enough Where's to he? have. Oh, so he's over uh, off Lake Creek. So I still work with Ben, yeah. uh, Ben Williams. And so we're, we're on our fourth year together. Mm. And nice. so, and yeah. um, I've, I would say that I, I'm still learning um, a lot. Um, originally before I was basically constantly peppering him with questions. And now I'm at the, uh, we're at a stage where, um, I'm using um, I'm using him as a springboard or a backboard to kind of um, bounce my legal theories off of or uh, help sure. reinforce my concerns or thoughts like that. So it's so wow. so so my my relationship ha with him has he's more of gradually a partner evolved. than well. So he, he originally told me that like the goal here is to train someone that he could be a partner with as opposed to you know he uh, he doesn't plan on me being a uh, associate forever, right? Sure, and sure. So and mm. uh, but originally I, I had thought that oh, okay I can just do this really fast and. Like I'm gonna jump right in. And I'm gonna like put all my energy into it, and and I'll I'll, I'll make it really. I'll, I'll I'll get there really fast. And then now I'm four years in. I'm, geez, like there's so much stuff that I don't know, and there's still yeah. And then my brain just kind of um, thinks differently now. Like when I revisit things before, yeah. Um, th those thoughts are still there, but now I see things in such a different way that like I can, uh, I can see one plan of attack, but also another plan of attack, and then also the counterattack. And those are things that I just didn't have in this area you know four years ago yeah. so it's just it's just naturally kind of evolved out of that so seems like you got a good synergy yeah i i, I would say so i think i've right. been blessed with with a very good um good natural flow in my life that and it's just a matter of me oh. recognizing it and kind of utilizing it when when the time is right how'd you meet ben 
So uh, actually, interesting yeah. enough, uh, him and I went to law school together. Oh. And so he's actually, um, he's older than me, but he went to law school a year behind me. And so during law school, I was actually a uh, student attorney for this legal clinic. Mm. Um, and you know, so, so it's basically, uh, it's, it's baby lawyers get trained in this legal clinic. It's, it's a, essentially an elective. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I was essentially a uh, baby lawyer in this legal clinic. And then he also joined the same program, but he was a year behind me. Uh, and so he, he was placed in the office right across from me. And so him and I just uh, chit-chatted and, and, you know, I didn't realize that he was going to be one of my close friends until, you know, the years later, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but it just happened to be like I knew him and we stayed connected through, you know, Facebook and, and social media. And it was just me congratulating him on, on something as benign as like, hey, congratulations on becoming a board certified real estate lawyer. Sure. And hey, yeah. how, how can I, you know, I've always been interested. How can I do that? And then him, wow. like him feeling uh, a way to just give me some advice and then me taking that advice and then using it to improve my life is it's just kind of naturally how that came out. Gary Vaynerchuk said that the gold of, of school, college, college yeah. is the relationships that you build. I was going to say, I, yeah. I, you've heard that, that over out. and over. It's yeah. not just about learning whatever you're going to learn or mm -hmm. picking a major. It's it's honestly the relationships and, wow. and the time there. I would, yeah, I would say like that there's no way I can say that that's not true for my life, you know? Sure. So it's been. So tell us about probate. First off, what is probate for those who don't know? And secondly, how can you help our real estate clients with, you know, probate wills and such? That, that's a great question. So um, in, in a general sense, uh, probate and probate court is uh, when, when someone passes away, they have a bunch of – most people have an estate, um, a bunch of belongings and things that they own. Yeah. And most of that stuff um, needs to be passed on to someone else. You can't just all of a sudden when you pass away – uh, no one owns it anywhere. No, someone has to eventually has to, or or reverts to the state. And, but sometimes the state doesn't want to deal with any of that stuff. Wow. But but the your stuff has to go. Um, there's there's legal statutes out there that basically outline who your stuff goes to after you pass away. Now there's two types of um, uh, I want to call probate matters. Uh, well, there's a bunch of others, but the main one the main ones that we should talk about are testate. And that's where you have a will, an intestate, and that's where you don't have a will. Wow. Now, um, the biggest difference is that uh, the biggest thing that people should realize is that if you have a will, uh, you can basically do whatever you want with your stuff. So if you uh, you don't want to give uh, your kids something, you can leave them out of the will. You can express, expressly leave them out. Sure. Or if you want to give something uh, to a relative or, or a friend, um, the will is the vehicle to do that because if you – uh, if you don't, then everything goes through intestate. And the way intestate works is uh, the legislature has basically decided these are the people that would inherit naturally from you if you don't have a will. Most of the times, that will naturally flow to your kids. If you don't have kids, then it will naturally flow up to your parents. Mm. If your parents have already predeceased you, then it will flow down to maybe your siblings. Mm. And then if they've deceased, then maybe their kids. And Outward, oh, wow. outward, onward, wow. and those are considered your heirs. Your so heirs. There's a law. schedule oh. of that, though. Like that, that's a good way of looking at. It. Yes, okay. there's a schedule. Mm. Uh, but the the problem with that is that um, when it comes to uh, if, if you have a traditional family where you know you have a wife and a you know a kid, and, uh, the the law is designed to basically work in the way you want it to work, albeit in a more expensive way. But naturally, if you pass, you know, when you pass away, uh, your stuff would naturally go to the people you would expect it to go to 
uh, just naturally over the course of, t uh, of how the mechanisms are set. Oh. But in our day and age, when you have these large families that are blended or you have families that um, there are a lot of couples that are together that will have kids but don't get married. You know, have, you know, have some friends that are in that boat. Mm -hmm. uh, I have friends that are on their second or third marriage. They have kids from different families. Um, the law is not designed to, to handle um, the intricacies of that. Sure. And so right. what ends up happening is that you'll have a lot of these <laughs> really, really um, horror stories for these people that are actually having to live through them, dealing with, um, uh, oh, like, I lived with this person for, for 10 years. We were married for 10 years. But now for some reason, uh, their kids now own a piece of this property that, because we were uh, – they're not my kids. They're kids from a different marriage. And right. so the law, wow. because there's not it's a will, tricky. the law is in place for uh, their kids to wow. automatically inherit so it. There and so there are like caveats to. Right. And, the, and so that's where a lot of these, um, the friction that comes out of not having a will, uh, the problems that, that come out of it um, is really what got me into really being interested in this estate planning type, type stuff is because I began realizing that I have a lot of people, a lot of friends still have a lot of friends that, that just don't want to deal with this topic because um, talking about your stuff and dying is, is not exactly the, the greatest feeling sure in the not. world. It's, it's a little scary, yeah. um, but, but there is a certain level of relief once you start talking about it in a very matter-of-fact way uh, that, that when you, once you have a handle on that stuff, um, it's much better on the other side because you'll, not only will you be able to know where your stuff goes to or who should get what, you know, just frankly speaking, like there's stuff that I, I know my sister should get that that my dad like it's just like just my sister should have that stuff, you know, and and yeah. um, no offense, dad, but I'm going to gift it to my sister, you know, in my will, that, that type of stuff. Uh, and that's what a, that's what um, planning your estate really helps you do. And the other side of it is it gives you a proper accounting of what you actually own. Sure. Like sometimes you just think of the big ticket items, which could be your house, your car you know, your bank accounts, but sometimes there's stuff that you don't even think about, especially now, you know, you have like your stocks, you have um, your retirement funds, and most of the stuff you can hopefully, if done correctly, will be carried out outside of your, um, your will, you know, mm. uh, transfer on death, right, or uh, joint right of survivorship. Those are little things that you might check on a joint bank account. You might, okay, yeah. if, if we both are on this account, uh, if you have it with your spouse, you should probably check the like writer survivorship sure. button on that account. So that way, when one of you passes away, um, it'll automatically transfer to that person. And I'll give you a good example why this is important. Mm. Um, so this happens all the time. This unfortunately just happened to a close friend of mine. So his um, his wife was sick. She passed away. Uh, mm. I had been encouraging them to to get a will. Unfortunately, they didn't. And they thought they had all their accountings, had it all done and, and, and sewn up. Yeah. Come to find out that um, there was one bank account that she had left um, that they had not addressed, just hanging out there. And so it's, it's, it's one of those things where uh, because the bank account was in her name, yeah. um, when someone passes, uh, you have to have a, a letters testamentary or letters of administration. Was letter what? Letters testamentary or letters of administration. Testamentary is when you have uh, a will and, and the right. executor has the authority to go and do stuff on behalf of the person who passed away. Mm. If not, if it's intestate, then you'll have letters of administration, basically the court authorizing a person to go in and go access all that information. So uh, in this instance, um, my friend's wife did not have a will. So, uh, so 
in order for him to have get access to that bank account, we would oh. have had to open up an administration so that we could um, get permission for him to access his, his wife's uh, bank account. The right. problem was right. is that um, the amount in the bank account was right around four thousand forty five hundred, and in my experience, something like that cost. Uh, the cost of filing, the cost of hiring an ad yeah, litem, the cost of the, like all that stuff, it, it ends up being like $4,000, $4,500. So it ends up being um, the amount of money that he would have had to spend uh, in order to access that and was, the was, the, it, it, it was, it was just yeah. completely ridiculous. And so the only other option he had was to basically wait for the statute of limitations where the bank feels okay enough to move the money into a, uh, unclaimed checking, <laughs> uh, unclaimed account um, database, and you know it's it's out there for Texas. All anything that's ever been, um, anything that has been unclaimed, um, uh, it might be out there somewhere. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. It's a, you just basically uh, unclaimed checks, unclaimed amounts that are owed to you. Really? Uh, yeah, you should you should just check it out in case you. you How do you check it out? Uh, so uh, you should Google. I should have bought the website for you guys. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot uh -huh, it. I'll shoot yeah, you the website. Dude. But 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 <laughs> there, there's an actual website where you put in uh -huh. your name, uh -huh. your social security number, it's basic identifiers of who you are, uh -huh. and then it'll show you. Oh, so uh, and this happened to me actually. So my mom passed away, uh, and and she had a bank account that I had no idea about. And so I get this little letter from like state of Texas, like six years later. Hey, like there's a bunch of money in your name, and so I went out and found out. Like I had like my mom had a bank account. And so my sister and I got like some of this money some from bucks. it. So it's just it's just wow. one of those little things that wow. that uh, that is out there. Yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, so that's uh, crazy. So it's something as simple as a will could have prevented that whole yeah. headache of of. Sure. Uh, it's not that he's not going to have access to that money. It's just that he's not going to be able to touch that money unless he spends money, or if he waits a, what four years before it gets moved into an account so that he can verify oh, that's that how he. Long it takes. Yeah, yeah, four uh, years. roughly three to Jeez. four years. Yeah, it takes it takes a while. Enough for the bank to feel confident enough that they're not going to get their their ass handed to them. Can I can I say that? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, cursing is allowed. Wow, yeah. interesting. Holy smokes. Yeah. Oh, so so because because I know people are going to ask that question. Yeah. There might be not even related to deaths or anything, but there may be some unclaimed money out there. Right. That, that yeah. Just uh, another wow, good example. So I so I did that search. I did that search for the unclaimed money, and actually I had um. Uh, when I was in college, I I didn't get my rent money back or the, for my deposit back, and so it got funneled into the unclaimed. You're uh, kidding? Me. Yeah, no. So I got like 150 bucks back for that because, dude. Yeah. So so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people out there have just amounts. I got asked yeah. too because yeah. I know. No doubt about it. It's like, yeah. The first off, should everybody be thinking about about? I mean, I own multiple investment properties like mm -hmm. should should i be thinking about hey anything could happen to me right now like i need to i, I think it's worth having uh, i'm going to say yes automatic partly because I'm a, I'm a state lawyer right so yeah, yeah. you should you know like <laughs> um, right by now but <laughs> right yeah. but but uh, the truth of the matter is is that um if you're uh if you're accumulating all this like wealth for yourself and for the benefit of your family and you're not properly planning on how that how that is going to look long term. Yeah, I think you're doing yourself a disservice for for and for, your for your family, yeah. for your family, not just yourself. Mm. Uh, mm. Because if if uh, there's a lot of stuff that I wish I had been taught when I was younger uh, that that how to handle like how to handle my estate and all these other things that I had to piece together how to like how, how to balance my checkbook right like stuff sure. like that that I had to teach myself um, by you properly 
handling that stuff now, you're gonna at some point you're gonna be forced to, especially if you have like a, a basic trust of some sort, how to manage your trust, how to run it. Um, you're gonna have you're gonna want to teach your kids how to properly handle and manage that trust as well, and so yeah. it becomes an educational wow. tool as well. Um, as you go through the process, yeah, that's uh, great. if you do own multiple pieces pieces of property, um, it does get into another stratosphere of more complicated tax strategies as well as state estate planning strategies. But it's worth discussing in the sense that because uh, most people, when they have multiple properties, they're thinking about uh, asset protection, right? It's like you, you'll diversify your 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 pieces of property into different companies. So in so in the event that one in the event that you get sued um, because of one property, someone gets hurt on one of your properties, you don't want that person to be able to sue and collect on another piece of property. You want to separate your sure. your assets mm. In, mm. In, and protect your assets in, in multiple ways. But then you'll also want to be able to have the mechanism of uh, transferring the property effectively uh, to the people that you want uh, to own the property. So how do you properly transfer um, your protected asset through your estate? Well, that's where a, a, a trust will come in handy, mm. is where you'll have the trust own the estate own the various pieces of companies that own all the various properties. Gotcha. And then you'll basically, uh, through the trust, um, designate a beneficiary. So after you pass, like you are the grantor or the trustor, uh, you name yourself as a trustee, and then when you pass away, you have a, you have a subsequent uh, trustee who will then run the, run the trust in such a way that they will pass the property on to the beneficiaries in accordance with the trust. So so that's just one of the mechanisms that are available when you start talking about estate planning, where yeah. you start realizing that there's a lot of um, beneficial financial, mm. um, there there's a lot of financial promise and, and benefits that come with estate planning as well once you get into a certain discussion level. Of Got things. it. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What has been the biggest surprise or a myth that you've, debunked that the public might believe uh, about wills uh, and this whole process? Anything come to mind when it comes to, like, a, a big surprise to you? Um, I, the biggest surprise is actually, uh, the biggest surprise is I didn't realize how powerful um, a will was, and, and it was only, mm. like, uh, the, I guess the biggest myth that I had was that uh, no one needs a will, right? Or you don't need a will. And, and, and just cause it's sure. easy. Like I, I don't need Fair. a will. Like, you know, I just, right. I just don't. And then, and now having, uh, and you know, I'll admit that I'm a little bit closer to like seeing all the mistakes happen because the people that come to me sure, have sure. problems yeah. <laughs> dealing You've with their the estate. Yeah. So, so, so I, so I get to, you know, so my, my view is a little skewed on that, but I, you know, I, I'm happy to share this other story with you. It, so I have, um, had a client who, uh, he he has a kid, and uh, his his wife had uh, kids from another relationship. She was married before they get divorced, mm. and mm. Um, they get together. They and they they live together for you know, let's say like forty years, right? So happily married, uh, she passes away without a will, and so again, in the what happens is be, even though that they were married together because they had kids from other families, the law automatically provide. It, it, it tries to provide for the kids. The kids from because because if, if 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 they're all from the same, uh, again traditional family right, husband and wife one marriage, all the kids are are from the same family. 
uh, then community property rules are very straightforward. Like you, like, sure. oh, like I, I, my wife passed away. I'm gonna get everything. Like that, you yeah. know, that's just said. And then when I die, my kids get everything. Right. Yeah. The law presumes that that that's the case, but in reality, that's not how a lot of families are these days. Well, mm. there's a lot of families that aren't like that. Yeah. Mm. For one, one of my particular clients was like that, where he, uh, so they're married. Uh, they they had previous marriages. They had been married together for 40 years. She passes away without a will. 40 years. And wow. so because it's intestate, the kids. Her kids automatically get her half of the house. What? So here, oh, this is the worst part. Dude. So, so she had a few kids. Yeah. One of her kids, um, he predeceases himself, and uh, for for lack, you know, for a nice term, he just he just did not do well. And his his property ends up. He didn't have any kids, and so his portion of his mom's estate goes to his dad, the ex husband. Oh, and gosh. so my client, in order to refinance his house. Because he needed to refinance his house, he had to pay off the his wife's kids and her ex husband in order to get the property so that he could refinance the house. Like that's that's how that's crazy oh, man, that dude. gets when you don't have a will. And it, and it's just it yeah, was one well. of the most mind boggling situations that that right. I came across. Jeez. And I remember just putting it out on paper and seeing like. Just to make sure that that the the this is how it is yeah. done, but that's like I know real. it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. This is how the right oh, and and and, and it, you know and for him like like I, I was, it's devastating to see him come to the realization that like like this can't be right because because in a moral sense it doesn't feel right. It yeah. doesn't feel like it just feels so wrong. And then just to see him go through like the process of coming to accept that he's just got it like he's gonna have to pay off so someone for his own good. house. For his yeah. own house, so that he could refine it. it. It's just, it's just an, uh, it's a terrible knot. And so that's when, when, when I say like, a, when you ask me if there's a myth that is debunked, it's, it's that you don't need a will. Like it could be any will. I'd rather, you know, like not saying that you should write a uh, last-minute deathbed handwritten will. Like if that's the way you gotta go, you gotta go. But if you can write one beforehand and, and with a lot of thought and care, then that's that's my so recommendation. So that leads to my next question. Do you have to go through an official platform for that? Do you? Is, hmm. Can it be simple? Can it be? What so so I'll, I'll live with you, right? That there there's there are um, tools out there, services out there that are provided for people to, to basically churn out these um, these basic wills, and and for some people that might be okay. And and uh, coming from a position where I think everyone should make a will, if that's the way you got to go. Then, then I'm, I'm Something's supporting. better than nothing. Yeah. Right, something's better than nothing. But um, I still think that it is beneficial to find someone that practices this area, like me, who can ask you questions so that you can actually start thinking about yeah. what is actually, what is your actual state? What is your actual goal? Who are you trying to protect? What what are your wants, desires? And and those are those are things that you might not actually think about when you're, because you again, this, things that... because these are, these are comfort zone questions, right? So if you... When people go out mm. and punch information into this this will or whatever online, they're not really getting to the heart of it, it which is um, what are the things that are important to you? Like not having those real, real difficult questions that, that are uncomfortable, but you need to have them so that you can properly manage sure. those it's things. It's like you take a consultative approach to, to will crafting, yeah. right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I, I, I would say that's very true, well, at least like, in my approach. Yeah. It's like, look, we, we hear – if you translate this to real estate, can, can I go buy a house directly from an owner? Yeah, you can. Uh, are you going to miss out on a lot of things and many steps along the way that at the end of the day, I've never had a client that be like, 
I wish I would have, I always, I wish I would have used you or wish I would have used a real right. estate agent, you know, for, for that and, and not like, so I understand like you yeah. can do that. You, you know, can't there's do ways it. to purchase. Right. There's owner, just, owner, oh yeah. Owner goodness. finance, just purchase, purchase it directly. And, and I agree. Like, and sometimes there, it can go smooth, you know, and it works out. Um, a lot of times it doesn't. So yeah. Same, but but not everyone thing. knows how to read a contract, right? That's and not exactly everyone knows right. how to read like, like when you get a title commitment. Not everyone know, like hey, understands. Hey, as, yeah, yeah. Money? Like, what is Schedule B? What is Schedule C? What is this, all this stuff? And and those are just things that we deal with in in this realm. It's comfortable for us, but for a lot of our clients, uh, it it is speaking another language. You know, it's like <laughs> it's all Greek to them, mm-hmm. as they say. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I'll man, ask, I'm getting the wheels turning over here. I'll I'll ask thinking, a fun you know, what you got? What like you got? Oh, you got a fun question? Who <laughs> who inspires you? You've kind of given us a couple. I feel like I can get a sense, but who inspires you to be among yeah. the best lawyers in Central Texas? Yeah. So I, it's really more of like, a, or it could be a thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a, like a person that inspires me to be a lawyer. I like because because at the end of the day, I like what I do. Uh, I really, and I'm happy that I found this area of law that I'm very happy to practice. Mm. Uh, but uh, in terms of like modeling my my legal life, if, if there's anyone that I kind of model it after it's been but even then uh, you know he probably won't hate me for this but like <laughs> there's some things that I don't want to model after him he has his own methods and and he has sure, different goals right and so uh, but but there's a lot of stuff that I mirror out. I'm grateful to to have the latitude to to practice the way that I do um, but what really drives me is um, the freedom of like being a being freedom. a lawyer gives me freedom of of that I don't have, that I wouldn't have had if I was a chef, you know, like unless I was Anthony Bourdain, you know, sure. the, the man himself. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but you know, being a lawyer, like like having the ability to uh, pick my own clients, and uh, being able to have a personal one-on-one conversation with people on, on a deeper level, it, it that's a that's a freedom that I wouldn't have had in most other uh, industries, most other professions, and so that's something that that as I've settled into being a lawyer. Um, it's these one-on-one conversations that I'm having with my clients that really, really, uh, at, at the end of the day, it's not only are the clients looking for me for legal advice. It's like, I'm also trying to decide if I want to be their lawyer. Mm. You know? It's like, yeah. and, and yeah. because, because sometimes like it, we just might not, not mesh, man. It's just yeah. might not be a good fit. And so, and that's something that I, I've really grown into like as of late is, um, just being able to say like you know it's okay to say no to some things you know I don't have to I don't have to say yes to everything all the time anymore. I'm into that. Let me, let me ask you. So, you you've been in the business for a number of years now. You've seen tons of let's just say things, right? And you've got I've wonderful stories, right? What would you say to somebody? Let's say a younger you that's thinking about doing this. What would you tell them? today are you sure dude oh oh no filters no filters no no that's 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 what i would tell myself are you sure oh, oh shit that's funny oh my god man. oh, oh you no, ask him like, are you sure yeah no like no. I, and, oh, that's funny oh, yeah uh, what i find is uh, what i find yeah. the best lawyers and some some of my friends um they they went into law school knowing full well that they were going to be lawyers and and they were built for for being a lawyer but what i found um is the best lawyers tend to be uh, lawyers who are coming off their their second career is being a lawyer, oh. meaning that oh. um, before wow. you know I've, I've met people that were 
uh, they were teachers that spoke Spanish, and then they realized that there was like uh, there was a need for immigration lawyers. So they basically mm. left left to pursue yeah. a legal career to become an immigration lawyer. That that point, cool. you know, yeah. they're passionate. They are passionate about going into that field. I, I I knew people that were tax accountants that left to become because they wanted to be tax lawyers. You know. Yeah. God bless them. That's too much for me. Oh, but it's sure, like, sure. <laughs> 80 hours a week. <laughs> yeah. Good. You know, yeah. but some people are built for that, you know? Mm. Uh, so that's, that's one of those things where, um, uh, so I even say to young people that are like, oh, I'm about to be in law school. And it's kind of funny because I actually had that happen to me when, um, I had just gotten to law school and I was hanging around with a bunch of my friends and, um, uh, one of my friend's cousins, he was the second year, uh, law student. And I asked him something similar. I was like, man, well, like, uh, like, do you regret it? Like, you know, like, I, like, how is it? You know, because I had not been a lawyer, uh, law student yet. Like, how is it? It's like, dude, it's stressful. And uh, and I would I would have told myself to really think about it. Like, I, like, are you sure? And so that's why that's why you say like, if if I went back and saw myself again, yeah, I I would tell them, you know, are you sure? That and buy Bitcoin, but you know, like <laughs> buy Bitcoin. Are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Like, are pick you one. sure? Yeah, the pick, pick like, one. Three, uh, yeah, yeah, three, uh, three words. That's, are you? Uh, the same question can be applied like to real estate for us like so many people oh i really want to get into real estate and it's like yeah dude are you sure yeah yeah 90 percent right. it seems right. so because easy and glamorous people, on the outside it, exactly yeah and the the grind is is tough yeah, early people on don't see it. it can absolutely pay off but it's like you said it's not for everybody so yeah yeah awesome well Thank you. Yeah, um, dude. That went by fast. That's fired up. Yeah. yeah. I had crushed fun, guys. It, I had fun. Like, any, it was yeah. nice. Any last words of wisdom that we can uh, share? You know, can... I just, uh, whatever you do, just be happy that you do it. That's, uh, you know, be, be happy with what you do is basically, that's then, that's been, that has been one of those mantras that has carried me really well in my life. And so, even when I'm in doubt, you know, like I look back and just, my life's better, you know, my life's better than w when it was last year, better than the year before. So, I, sh I don't have a lot to complain about. Amazing. Love that. Yeah. Well, I know that we're going to have some listeners ask about that site, so we're going to get that from you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to <laughs> – I'll, cool. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll piggyback, and uh, I'll, I'll follow up with you guys on that one. Sounds Thanks. good. It is that time, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for this week's Weekly Brew. Brew, brew. Jonathan, let us have it. The Weekly Brew. Let's, let's just remind everybody what the Weekly Brew is, Greg. What is the Weekly Brew? Yeah, well, we're going to drop some uh, some hot – real estate news on them because we are all today we are in fact in real estate yep. and uh, we got to let them know what's happening in this Let's hot austin market or is it not so hot we'll see so mm. if, yeah. if you're not if you're not from texas it's not hot <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Fewer it, homes, <laughs> yeah guys fewer homes oh. are selling um, for more than their initial list price like before. I mean, one of the yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the growing signs of suggesting that the white hot housing market is easing. Mm -hmm. So, mm. about forty six point one percent of homes sold for more than their initial list price in August of twenty twenty one, which is down from the forty seven point two percent. That doesn't seem like a lot, oh, um, a but in bit, June dude. it was fifty percent. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, Homes yeah. were selling for more than initial asking price. Can you so, imagine that, dude? 50% of the houses, you're getting multiple offers. That was nuts. That's pretty 50%. Crazy. But it's yeah. consistently That's dropping. That's sick. And, <laughs> and, and we're feeling it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are feeling it, thankfully. Yeah. Thankfully. And, yeah. I, and I'll keep going while it for is still buyers. far above nice, August 2020 when 27% of the houses uh, sold for more than their initial list price. The successive month-to-month -month drops show a market that is gradually easing, or rather cooling is the word that you're going to hear a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, 
you know, it's something to think about and, and it's something that I feel, and we were just talking about this today. We both have a couple listings on the market mm-hmm. and no, you know, if it was, really, if it yeah. was four or five months ago, <laughs> we're getting Boom. multiple yeah, just offers. Gone. I'm talking, I had, I had an open house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had an open house Sheesh. during the, the peak. It was about March. We had 99 people come through the open house. Wow. 99 people in, on a Saturday. That's and pretty cool. Yeah, it was like 40-something one day yeah. and 50 the next. and 49 one day and 50 the next. Give or take. It was right around that. We had yeah. 99, 99 people come through in two <laughs> in two days. This last open house Dude. I did yeah. for this listing, yeah, what? I had six, five, five and seven the second day. Yeah, I had, Which is still I like, six. That's, that's normal. That's normal. But okay, yeah. It's not yeah. what we're used to. First six months this year were just mad madness. It's a, a frenzy. Whole, a whole yeah. five days on market, no offers. Oh, my God. That's what it feels like. It's kind of crazy, right? It's crazy. So we'll see what happens. It's I mean, great for our buyers. I yeah. think it's good. I think it's a good balance to have, or it's it's good to have the balance of of you know a healthier market as opposed to an extreme like that. Anytime yeah. you go to the oh. extreme in one direction, you get two thousand, you know, eight market crash, and the other direction, you get prices going through the roof and people are out can't afford anymore. So I mm. think it's good to start to balance. I mean, you can thank all those people from you know, the last year that have purchased and increased the prices to here. I'm talking for sellers. Right. Um, but also, you know, now it's time to chillax a little bit. You know? chill. Enjoy yeah. the holidays. It's right. Up, right. Know? We'll see what happens. Well, folks, that's a wrap. Mr. Benjamin Ha, thank you so much again for joining us. Now, if somebody wanted great. to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Phone numbers, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. LinkedIn. What is it? My best. The best bet to reach me is my email, actually, and I'm uh-huh. happy to share that. Yeah. Uh, best way to reach me is bha at lawbkw.com, uh, or you can reach us at our website, www.lawbkw.com, or call me at the office, 512-872-6088. Say that email one more time. Yeah, one more time. bha, B-H-A. at lawbkw.com. So b b ha h a like laughter, uh-huh. at lawbkw.com love it peace of cake yeah. lawbkw oh that makes I'll sense leave, dude, this for you guys. dude thank you energy is it's fired up dude. I appreciate it, guys. it's fired up you guys made it easy it's, it's felt very welcome and uh had a good time it's nice we'll do it again because <laughs> yeah, there's like a that. lot more questions to this we just scratched the surface up yeah there, like, yeah so. it's uh the, yeah the, this is an intro into a, a a sensitive topic for a lot of people and so i'd like to make it more accessible make it easy for people to have that discussion so this is what it takes you know this is what it takes i'm into that all right. Dude, we, uh, yeah, we, uh, what do they call it? What's it? Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Till next boys. time, Austin. Right. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.